morning, everyone. So this symbolic meal that we share once a month is called communion, not isolation. You ever think about that, what the opposite of communion is? It's a reminder of the dual relationship that we have, both with God, with Jesus, and with the body of Christ. According to Scripture, the state of our relationship with Christ is completely affected, even authenticated, by the quality of our relationships with one another in Jesus' body. We've been reading through the book of James. It's very clear. If you don't love your brother in Christ, how can you say you love God? There's a common thread. Some people think it's okay to have discord in their horizontal relationships with with brothers and sisters in Christ, and they're still good with God, but that's not the case. Uh, our, our Our relationship with Jesus is authenticated, is shown to be true through how we interact and connect to the body. Listen to the text for today. This is 1 Corinthians 10, 16, and 17. It's on the, on the board here. It says, Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? Is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all share the one loaf. Communion is a rhythm of our lives as Christians. As I said, we do it monthly, so it's a rhythm of our life as a church. The fact that we're called the body of Christ in Scripture is itself a mystery, which really, when you think about it, provokes a lot of awe and fascination, which is the definition of mystery. It's awe, it's fascination, that we would be called the body of Christ. It's an amazing thing. When we gather together in a gathering like this today, the church... Uh, comes together, and Jesus is embodied through us coming together. You know how Jesus was incarnated? Uh, God came in Jesus Christ, in in, in the flesh, and he was enfleshed in in human flesh, in Jesus. And in the same way, after Jesus left and sent his spirit, Jesus is now enfleshed in the body of Christ coming together. That's why the scripture is so interested in talking about the unity of the body of Christ and preserving the unity of the body of Christ. Because the quality of our relationships and our unity as a body determines the quality of Jesus' presence in the world in a lot of ways, his physical presence, because it's through us embodying him together. I'm going to quote some scripture here. It almost sounds like it could just flow right into what I'm talking about. So you know I'm not a crazy heretic, okay? Romans 12 and Ephesians 4. I'm going to run these together. For just as each of us has one body with many members... Most of us have one body with many parts, right? They work together. And these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all of the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. From Jesus, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Jesus' strength, Jesus' personality, the embodiment of Jesus Christ um, is shared in the world when we come together in Christian community like this in unity and service as we are doing today. Today what we're doing is coming together as one unified body of Christ to serve the community. This is Jesus' actual body serving the community through the church. It's an amazing thing. And something very remarkable that Jesus said, which I always puzzled at for years and years, because I was too lazy, I guess, to get to the bottom of it. (laughs) Um, 
John 4.12, Jesus says a very mysterious thing. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. You think, okay, that sounds like it might be doable. But then he says, and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Jesus actually makes a statement. You're going, you are going to do the works that I'm doing. You're going to actually do greater works than these because I'm going to the Father. So, so the way that I interpreted this is by looking at John 16, 7, where he uses very similar language. Jesus says, unless I go, I cannot send the advocate. Because you remember in John 4, 12, he says, because I'm going to the Father. So what this is, together is saying is, when I send the Spirit, which is another word for advocate, you're going to do greater works than me. Because Jesus was only one body. Jesus was only one guy. He was a God guy. He was, in fle- he was God in the flesh. He was special. He was unique. However, we are many. And Jesus has poured out his Spirit on all mankind. On all humankind. Men, women, and children. According to Acts, according to the book of Joel. So together we can do more in unity than Jesus was able to accomplish in his one person. Jesus had, was susceptible to human limitations because God, uh, God made it so Jesus was a man j- just like us. He got hungry, he got tired, he had to take rests, he had to retreat. Uh, he wasn't in that way. He, he wasn't able to just be in perpetual motion. He certainly wasn't able to cover you know, a massive amount of geography all at once. However, the body of Christ is. It is better that Jesus went to be with the Father because now he sent his spirit. And each of you who calls yourself by the name of Jesus Christ is a carrier of his presence and his Holy Spirit. And when we come together as the body of Christ, we together do greater works than Jesus did when he was here only in one body. When the bread is torn apart in this way and we each take a piece, it is a symbol for us of our church, the body of Christ. When we look at the isolated pieces of bread that we take into our bodies, we're reminded that this bread was originally from one loaf. When we take communion together, one of the things that we are saying is that just as we join together physically as the church in one loaf, so we will once again be separated at the end of the day, only to come together again at a later time. It's necessary that we separate from each other as a church because we've got other stuff we have to do sometimes. We have to have jobs, we have hobbies, different things we do, and we separate from the church. However, it's not ideal that we separate from the church all, you know, all that often. It's good to come together a, a lot because the works that Jesus wants to do in the world happen through the body. It's not about one person who's kind of a, saying, I'm going to do the works of Jesus. It's about the body joining together and doing the works of Jesus. So if we want to do the works of Christ, we have to come together often. We have to come together often with the understanding, into one loaf, with the understanding that we are going to separate at the end of the day. But then, you know, we want to get back to that one loaf experience. That's why I believe Paul says that we shouldn't forsake fellowship with one another. He says in Hebrews 10, well, this could be Paul, it's debatable. I think it's Paul. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. As the body of Christ, coming together as one loaf, we encourage one another. We spur each other on to good works. We spur each other on to service to the community. And then when we come apart, we think to ourselves, we need to get back together so that we can keep serving God and doing the works that God has preordained for us to do. Doesn't that blow your mind? God has preordained works for us to do who are in Christ. 
He's preordained, and we read that in an individualistic sense, he's preordained work for the body of Christ, coming together in unity. And particularly, he has knit us together at New Life Fellowship. He's given us all the gifts, all the personalities, all the talents, all the wisdom, all the strength to get great, greater works done than even Jesus was able to do on his own. It's an amazing thought. I'm going to invite the ushers to come and pass out the elements. Uh, they're going to pass both out. And we've never actually, that I can remember, done communion in this way. Usually it's pre-ripped for you. So you're going to have to develop a new skill. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I know. I'm actually going to pray, then we'll, we'll spread them out. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, this is representative of your body and your blood, broken for us and spilled for us, which covers our sins and makes atonement for us, that we might draw together and draw to you in heart, with hearts full of faith. We pray that you'd bless these elements, and though they are natural elements and symbolic only, we pray that you would use this experience of communion to teach us, to build us up, to encourage us, to strengthen us in the name of Christ. One little bit of bread and one little thimble of juice, let's be honest, that's a thimble. It's not going to nourish anyone so that they feel full. But when we come together as the body of Christ, Jesus works through us as a whole to do greater work than we could ever do as individuals. Jesus said we'd do greater works than he did. As we eat the bread and drink the cup, consider the body of the Lord Jesus coming together in us who are gathered here as his body to serve our community in Jesus' name today. How we come together in service today demonstrates the quality of our communion with Jesus. Consider today how Jesus' united body is going to be ministering in all these different areas that we have, we have planned uh, and heard from God on, the love and grace of Jesus Christ. Whether you're working as a welcome evangelism table person, whether you are setting up chairs and tables, whether you're a door room monitor or a classroom monitor, whether you're working in the kitchen or talking with one of our guests, whatever you're doing, today, New Life Fellowship comes together in unity as a body for one purpose, for acts of service. And we form one loaf and we form one cup, which is poured out and given for the nourishment of Saratoga Springs. That's what communion is about today. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Take in the body of the Lord. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This is a cup of my new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink of it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he returns. Take the cup. Father, we praise you for your amazing plan to send Jesus as a ransom for our sins and a sacrifice of atonement that we might draw near to you and then to knit us together uh, through, through sending your spirit that we might become the representation of Jesus' physical presence on this earth to serve and love and share uh, about the freedom that is found in Christ with everyone we meet. Thank you for this time to consider these things. Thank you for this table. Thank you for everything that is going to happen today. We give you praise and thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thank you, O my Father, for giving us your Son and leaving your Spirit till the work on earth is done. We lift up our day to you, Father. We trust you to do greater works through this body than you could ever do through any one of us to touch Saratoga with the nourishment that comes from the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen.